Welcome, everybody, to another installment of The Persistent Rumor. I am Chocolate Yoda, spelled Y-O-D-D-A-H, because film studios are litigious. And with me, as always, my heterosexual life mate, Chancleta. Cock-a-doodle-doo, what a do. Hey, hey, yes it is, it's me, Chancleta. <laughs> you're, in a, you're in a 70s pimp kind of mood, I see. Today, Absolutely. <laughs> You know, I'm thinking about changing my name to Clavon. <laughs> Just for the day. Something with a C, baby. That's it. <laughs> I like Clavon. It gives it that fake French feel. Yeah, it's great. It's like very Creole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. So uh, I'll tell you what's on my mind, chum. Yeah. Fucking evolution. Mm, that's, that's very that's a broad spectrum. You shut your fucking mouth. Uh, <laughs> I, well, what I'm thinking about, I had what could loosely be described as an epiphany. Um, I, I'm 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 not confident enough that this is an actual epiphany, but I think it's something like it. It it occurs to me that part of the problem if we acknowledge that there's a problem with the human race, um, I think I think it's fair to say that part of that problem uh, stems from how far we've drifted away from our evolutionary programming. Mm. And I have examples yeah. for that. Yeah. And I and I know and you and I talked about this uh, over the years. Um, but it just sort of crystallized for me recently. And, and I think it's partly the podcasts that I've been doing, uh, the conversations that I have with you, the conversations that I have with my son. Uh, it's just all kind of coming together for me in terms of what, what's gone wrong with humans. Mm. Because I think when we look at the outcomes around us, it's easy to see that things are not optimal. You know, we, we were given, uh, whether through evolution or your creator, whichever way, it doesn't matter what you think started all this, this was given to us, right? Uh, we, we were, we were uh, came up out of the primordial ooze with stardust mixed in, and we, we started to split as atoms and then long story short we we were fish we crawled up out of the sea we developed opposable thumbs and now we send emails uh, with our fingers <laughs> yeah <laughs> and watch people have sex on screen yes. right so i don't know how ones and zeros translate into people f***ing in front of me but i like it right ditto so uh so but more specifically to what i'm saying uh you know the earth is this perfect uh, environment for us to thrive, right? So we have abundant sources of food, abundant sources of drinkable water, um, uh, climates that are conducive to comfort and, and, and again, population growth, all these types of things, right? And it looks like humans took that and just became the worst overnight guests ever. Mm. Right. Mm. And everything is out of balance. And it's and and aside from the environmental aspect of it, in terms of kind of up our own environment, uh, because, you know, like 
uh, one of the smiths said to Morpheus, you know, I've been trying to classify your species, you know, and yeah. he gives that great speech about how humans are like viruses. And, and I think that it's an appropriate comparison yeah. uh, because we have fucked up our host. Yeah. Right? We, we yeah. really did a lot of damage to this thing that was prepared to support us in perpetuity. Um, yeah. And socially, I think we've gone way off target when it comes to what our evolutionary design is. And I think that's what has created depression at the levels that we see it now. Um, I think it's what's created the divorce rate. And not that marriage is, is necessarily something that has to be maintained, but the idea of relationships that I believe are very easy to maintain becoming very difficult to maintain. And I think it's because they're based on a lot of bull. Mm -hmm. So that's what the overarching idea is, is that the farther away, well, sorry, the further away we get from our evolutionary design, the harder life becomes mm -hmm. so that's that's the idea i hear you you know i i i thought about that in terms of relationships too and for me it's like i am really considering the very next relationship i have to be polyamorous and i'm not trying to do this like you know like oh it's a trend or like you know i'm I've suddenly become a Mormon or anything like that. I just think like from a logistical perspective, like it just makes way more sense. Um, Ooh, logistical explain that. please. Well, like, so, so, so if you think about like the cost of living now, right. Um, if you, if you think about the cost of living now, like a couple generally has a hard time, like staying afloat, right? Like you got a man and a woman, right. And if one of them should not work, then it just becomes a little bit of a struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but if you have a household, let's say just four people, let's say two, uh, two couples, let's say, you know, two men, two women or whatever combination of, of, of any gender. So you're, you're a little gay. Okay. That's fine. Cool. <laughs> um, but let's say that that's the case. And then you have the situation where you have four adults that are working, you buy, a larger homes you can you can afford more you can you know like one person can allocate funds to like savings one person could allocate or one person can allocate funds to like a retirement one person can allocate funds to like you know vacations and other things and whatever and it's just like it's just more practical and then it's just like i, I don't i don't have the jealousy issue so it's just like hey if i'm happy with like a few people like i've always thought about the idea of like you know, let's say buying like a, a plot of land, right? Maybe like a cul-de-sac and just having like a few houses built there where I have, you know, just friends and family living, um, you know, with us. So it's like the same idea. Like just, you know, I don't, I don't, I never liked the idea of having this huge, enormous house. I, I love, I love big houses, like really nice homes. Like I have nothing against them, but I've never liked the idea of having this gigantic home. Like some people have like six bedroom homes and, or eight bedroom homes. And it's like three people living there. And it's like, what a waste. Like, you know, and to me, it's like, Hey, if you're going to have a house like that, it's like, fill it up, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, let, let, let people live there. Like, um, you know, so to me, it's always been like this really cool idea and it doesn't even need to be necessarily a thing where you're all having sex or whatever. That's, that's my thing. But if you have like, well, <laughs> if it's your thing, it's going to have to be somebody else's thing too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, but that, but that's what I'm going for. It's my point. Yeah. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like, but like you could just do like 
two couples. Like, let's say, you know what I'm saying? You have um, you and your and your lady friend, and then there's another couple that, you know, it could be me and my lady friend, whatever. And right. then we so, could live together. So again, we, we just need to specify that in this example you're a little gay but that's fine there's nothing it's cool wrong with that. listen we've already established this like you know what i'm saying like let's move forward because <laughs> for me the scenario yeah. would be me and three women but, but that's that's fine e but e either no way judgment. like e either way like i don't care no, the, it, the logistics the logistics makes sense yeah and as so, far as the economic aspect of it I, i'm with yeah. you on that yeah. I mean, ideally, you know, it'd be like me and three women or whatever the case is, but it's like, you know, no, it's I'm, too late but, to, to pretend but, that that's your ideal. You've already said the you and but you and a, the point you is that a I'm woman open, and another guy and a woman. You've said that twice. That's what you want. In, You're in a, a little gay. In a perfect world. Yeah. Just, in a, just in a, go with it. <laughs> We'd have more toys to play with, man. Look at all the, look at all the room for activities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, if anyone knows what film that's from uh, yeah. please tell us in the comments yeah yeah so you know um but yeah that's um but that's what it is it's like you know like i you know it, like if it were a situation where i was with you and then we have like this big like place to live or whatever it's like oh hey my friend's home like you know let's go out let the girls do their thing you know and it's like you know, to me, it's like, oh, that that sounds like a, a great situation. Obviously, it's not for everybody. There's people that are way too like, you know, oh, I can't, you know, my 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 significant other can't be with another person. Like, I just, I don't know. And I, the thing, the thing is, though, getting back to the evolutionary aspect of it, is polyamory is what we're like. Yes, that's that's how we are designed in a very literal sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this whole structure of one person for your whole life has nothing to do with evolution. That is a societal construct and it's a false construct, which is why so many people are stressed from that construct it, it, is it, that they want to be polyamorous. Even even women, I mean, men and women are definitely different about this. But if you look back at the at the, the history, uh, the biology, all that stuff, it's clear that multiple partners was the de facto standard of human beings. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's it. Even under the best of circumstances, I've seen guys that like absolutely just do nothing but display love and affection for their wife and they end up cheating and you're like oh wow i was surprised that he cheated on his wife or whatever and it's like no it's 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 not surprising you know because yeah, it's more surprising when people actually do the monogamy thing yeah it, it's you know the thing is that putting on a wedding ring or saying your vows or anything that that doesn't it doesn't eliminate the idea that you will be attracted to other women or or you know other men or whatever. Yeah, but that's not really what you're talking about, though. You're not talking about just attraction. You're talking about actually fucking other women. Right, exactly. But then that, but but it's not just the attraction, but it's just like, okay, cool. Now you're now you're in a situation where it's like somebody's hitting on you, uh, you know, and you just fuck it. Let let's just do it, you know. And and people make fucked up like decisions all the time. Like you know, I I've seen people like just do something. 
that that jeopardizes their job all the time, every day. Mm-hmm. Doing the, you know, people people text while they drive. Like you know, no matter despite how many times they tell you that, there's people screaming tyranny at Costco because they have to wear masks. Like you know, so it, it's it, it's just that idea that you can't do something. Like people it up it's like when we talked about drugs like you know let, letting drugs just you know just l- legalize them all and let people just do their fucking drugs and what what happens when they do that is that people stop doing drugs because you, you you're no longer there's no longer this idea when i worked in the cigar industry everybody wanted cuban cigars not because they were the best but because they were forbidden yeah. See what I'm saying? Oh, like, you know, this guy that does, uh, uh, you know, that, that can get you Cuban cigars. It's like they say something around 90 to 95 percent of the Cuban cigars that make it to the United States are, are fakes. And I, I, I and I've seen a huge number of fakes and they're not even that good of fakes, you know. And, and but going back to your original point, they're not even that special as cigars. No. You know, it's just and, and like. Uh, what they they the fermentation process is different or whatever, but you, the same soil can be found in surrounding countries that are in the same temperate zone. You if know? you look so, at the four, if you look at the four major uh, uh, countries that produce cigars, it's Dominican Republic, Cuba, uh, Cuba, Honduras, and Nicaragua, and they're all in the same mm-hmm. equatorial plane. So right. it's which it, means right. that their soil is likely the same, yeah. the temperature, the humidity, all that stuff is likely to be yeah. the same or very similar. And again, the only claim to fame that I can see that that Cuban cigars has have is the um, the fermentation process. Yeah, it's which like, is that yeah. really that big a deal? I mean, look at the end of the day, man, you're taking dried leaves and lighting them on fire. You know, how much variety are we talking about here? (laughs) Well, you know, know, and that's the thing. It's like you could say the same thing about wines. You could say the same thing about scotches and bourbons and all that stuff. And I do say the same thing about that, all of those things. Yeah, and you could say something about the slight variations of it, but it's like, you you know, how how out of the way do you want to get to, you know, to to, to go get a Cuban? Most Um, expensive liquor is not even worth it. Again, taste tests, they, they show people enjoy the cheap as much as the expensive so especially the with one especially with one yeah. yeah and so it's just like one of those things where it's like you know uh, sometimes people just want to be in the club you know like oh i have right. this expensive whatever like you know I, I well connection is a very very powerful human need oh yeah listen you know apple came out with a product called uh, apple tags recently right and so it's basically like you know these these little uh, rfid tags or whatever that you know you can use to like you know uh, find your things like you can turn it into a keychain basically and connect it to your keys or anything else that you have maybe like you know if you, you can attach it to your phone somehow or whatever and then you or not your phone because your phone is what finds it i guess but you know just anything anything oh that you need God, to find you didn't prepare yourself for this conversation did you jesus christ that's the whole basis of the show we don't we don't prepare <laughs> So I just stated yeah. the obvious. Please yes. continue. All right. <laughs> that is the persistent rumor. <laughs> so at any rate, so so they make these tags or whatever, and, and they decide to make like a special, you know, a special version of it, which is made by Hermes, which is a French company, you know. <laughs> so it's like you got this this thing that's like maybe... It, 
I think they make another one called Tile that that goes for like twenty bucks for like a four pack, and you know uh, of these little tiles or whatever. And then so the Apple version of it is pretty much the same thing with an Apple logo on it, and it and it you know it's gonna cost you like forty bucks for the four pack. And then if you want to get the Hermes version of it, it's like this leather this you know this leather keychain with the little tag on it, and it's like five hundred bucks for the just because. Is, it, is there rich mahogany on it? I mean, it's rich leather, but you know, it, it's you, you, it's a keychain, dude. Like you're gonna pay five hundred dollars for a keychain, but it's that exclusivity that people yeah. want, you know. And to me, it's like I I don't care that much. I don't know how you get to the point where you care that much. I mean, listen, if you have the kind of money, um, you know, I, I when I was younger, I used to go, how the f- do people buy like eighteen thousand dollar watches, or why do rich people do this? And it's like, yeah, at the end of the day, rich people do it because they can. You know, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I learned selling expensive clothing. In 1990, I was uh, working for Louis Boston, unfortunately now defunct. Mm-hmm. Uh, Murray Pearlstein was a special kind of CEO. Um, mm-hmm. And I learned a lot about clothing. Um, but one of the uh, suits that we sold was a three-piece cashmere suit. And, and I want to specify that it was brushed cashmere. Mm. which is the softest and it's an experience that that's different than the cashmere that you would buy in most stores or you know you when you see uh you go on the street and you see scarves that one side is silk one side is cashmere or something like that this ain't the same thing yeah uh, because there's three levels of cashmere from what i recall um it was brushed then first cut then second cut so as you get closer to the skin of the sheep the cashmere is less expensive because it's not as soft. Right. So this is the shit that they just literally brush off. No no scissors are used for this kind of cashmere. Mm-hmm. So this was, again, 1990, and we're talking about a $5,000 suit. Yeah. Now, granted, it felt better than any, any suit that I had ever had on my body. It was close to a sexual experience. Yeah. But... Certainly, in my mind, not worth $5,000, but as you were saying, there was a story behind everything we sold. You know, the the suit was, you know, uh, Luciano Barbera, he was an iconoclast, and he, he bought wool when there was particular conditions, and then he put them in an underground cave uh, that had a specific mo- moisture level to it, and he let the wool age for four or five years before he would use it. Mm. And the mother of pearl buttons came from this little Italian villa, you know, where people would shape them by hand. All the, you know, so the, we loved uh, to to tell the stories because that's what people would tell when they bought the stuff. Right, yeah. And they, they paid for it basically for the story that they could tell. And also because you would look good in a suit that was made that well. And the tailors were amazing at what they did. They were wizards at fitting a suit. Well, I mean, but the story is, it's, it's the value. I mean that, that, you know, when like, you know, there's sometimes when you buy like this commemorative brand, uh, this commemorative release of a certain cigar or whatever, or, you know, like a, uh, a limited batch or whatever. And then there's usually a story about it. It's like, Oh, this is uh, from Arturo Fuentes, uh, special reserve that he put in his grandma's socks. Blah, uh, one blah, day. Yeah, blah. whatever. And so, you know, you have, <laughs> and then so when you buy it and you're like, oh man, I paid 40 bucks for this stick. 
and you know uh you gotta it it needs to make sense to you right like you know you're basically taking 40 dollars and lighting it up yeah when you do that it it has to make sense for you the same thing with the story of the watchmaker or the jewelry that you bought whatever like and it's like oh yeah you know like i I stole it from this kid in you know catamaran or whatever you know um you know so i you know whatever the um, <laughs> I think you meant Katmandu, but Katmandu, okay. that's what I meant. A catamaran is a boat unless type you were of thing. out yeah. on the water. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a particularly bold theft because there's nowhere to run. Yeah, well, you know, pirates and shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, like you know, it's just like these stories that you have to fabricate to 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 make something. Uh, well, these weren't fabricated stories in in the case that I was talking no, about. No, I, I well, um, not fabricated necessarily, but like you know, like the, the stories that you have to tell, these stories that you have to sort of you know uh, provide with the with, with the product because the product on its own doesn't stand. by, you know, like it's like, oh, what's the value right. of it? Why do I want to yeah. pay five thousand dollars for a suit, essentially? You know, or right. or whatever. But I get compliments on cheap suits because because of my experience with. Uh, with Louis Boston, I, I know how to put suits together. Um, so, but again, I, I get, I, I get what that's, if you can afford it and your psychology is that way where, where you, to feel special, you got to be able to do what other people can't do. Even though I look at that as a, a, a tad pathetic, uh, but I get it. I understand because significance is another strong human need. And look at the yeah. lengths that the, the lengths to which people will go to achieve significance. I mean, listen, I you if I ever have the opportunity to get fitted for a bespoke suit, I would do it. And it doesn't have to be this thing where you know what I'm saying. Oh, we have this like you know first uh, you know the. the brushed cashmere or anything like that it's just the idea that somebody's making something for me to my taste to my measure like you know uh down to the down to the fucking like the 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 pinstripes lining up all that it's something that i like i i like looking good when i wear a suit like everything else is like whatever it's just clothes but when it's a suit it's like man that was one of the appeals when i met you i was like wow that's mother it looks put together like i don't know befriend this guy but let's let's make the point that none of my suits were ever bespoke no but you could but here's the thing right like when you when you look at someone and it's like there there there's so many times that i see somebody with a suit on and i've seen guys with expensive suit ons that 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 looked horrible because they were tailored poorly Right. Um, you know, where you, typically you see the arms kind of like, you know, the, the sleeves coming down past your thumb knuckle. And it's well, like some, some of these guys just don't know. They'll they'll he, here's what it is. It's a combination of things. Um, g- the general ignorance of the people buying the suits, because most guys will just point to a mannequin and say, this is what I want. Right. Right. Uh, they don't know the parameters for a good fitting suit. Right. You know, why does why does the 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 sleeve coming down too too long look bad? Right. You know, what yeah. what what is the proper way to figure out where the sleeve should be? Right. There are little things to know about that. Yeah. Um you know, the the 
the habit that men have of just putting a white shirt with everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Or black shoes. Yeah, I never wear a white shirt or black shoes with a suit for business. Yeah. I rarely do it in my private life. Um, The only time I wear white shirts generally is to funerals. Yeah. Um, Other than that, you won't see me. And I have one white shirt that I keep in plastic because I almost never take it out of my fucking closet. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's things like that. It's also the other thing is that some tailors are better than others. Yeah. You know, when I tell a tailor that I want my cuff, you know, I think it's like five and a quarter inches uh, from my thumb. Some of them argue with me. Yeah. But I know it's because I'm wearing French cuffs, mm-hmm. and I like that 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 Rat Pack look. Yeah, you right. know the the way Sinatra dressed, dressed, the way Sammy Davis Jr. dressed. I love that. Yeah, you know these guys, these guys were serious. These were the guys that never sat down in pants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, like you know. There's a scene in Casino where Robert De Niro is in his office. And, you know, his secretary says, so-and-so is here to see you. And you see him get up and put his pants pants off the hanger and put them on to greet this guy because he doesn't sit in dress pants. In pants, right. That's that's an I don't go to that level, but I understand because that's that era where guys took clothing very seriously. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so it's so if you have a guy who doesn't know why a suit is the way it is and what makes it good when to go with double breasted when not to is it two buttons or three why where are the buttons supposed to lay on your body do i go with a regular short or long cut yeah the, the guys don't know this very yeah. often which not so they'll goes, buy, like which, like which alec baldwin collar. who by the way i just want to say as an actor he's phenomenal mm-hmm. you know glenn gary glenn ross come on Worth yeah. every penny of what you paid to go see that film, okay? Yeah. Just for him. Yeah. Uh, and he's been great in everything. But his suits look clownish. He yeah. doesn't know how to dress. And it's always the sleeve too long. I don't yeah. know what it is. I think he likes to grab the suit, the sleeve with his fingers like this for some reason. I, but I, it I, just looks bad. Here's a guy that's that's clearly wearing fairly expensive clothing, and he doesn't know how to cut it. Yeah. And it happens a lot. I mean, the same thing with Donald Trump. He has these frumpy suits then, you know. Ah, like, fuck that. Yeah, you know, he, but. Everything about him is a fucking tr- Greek tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> Including how he dresses. Like, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, but that's the thing. It's just like, I, I think that sometimes you get into the situation where I, uh, you know, like, maybe, because uh, when I was younger, you know, the style that I that 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 I was using was that you know uh, that '90s baggy pants hip hop era from the Bronx, right? So like I'm wearing baggy pants, I'm wearing you know baggy shirts and all of this stuff, and and so when you transition from that to a suit, it starts to feel a little constrictive. You know what I mean? Like it's like, oh, what what is what is happening here? It's like everything feels a little tight. So you kind of try to let things out a little bit and you want it baggy, but you know, your tailor's fighting with you like, no, I shouldn't be like that or whatever. So you have to find that, that balance where you're, you're feeling, you know, you're, you're not looking like you're, you're wearing a 
fucking, you know, like somebody else's suit, but it, you know, if it's cut right, it looks yeah. great, you know? Yeah. Um, well, you definitely don't want to look like 10 pounds of sausage in a five pound bag, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you but, you yeah, get that I, a lot with people that don't know how to dress, you know? Yeah. And it's, um, you know, and listen, I, I, it, 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 it really has to matter to you. Like, it's like for me, you know, I like, I take my time with shaving and all that stuff and people will go and just buy like a, a, a um, an electric shaver and do it. I don't have anything against that. If that's what you want to do, if that doesn't, you know, doesn't bother you or whatever, go get an electric shaver. It's cool. I got nothing, no problems with it, but I take my time. I use a straight, I use different razors for different, who the f- does that i have soaps and oils and pre-shave lotion and aftershave lotion and all kinds of that i do i have badger brushes synthetic brushes who the has all that i you know and well you know this this gay thing is definitely starting to take shape i can see that preening and grooming (laughs) see what i'm saying like you know and that's what that's what that's the fine line that i like to fucking just (laughs) shuffle right over you know what i'm saying and then yeah And, uh, you know, but that's my thing, man. You know what I mean? And it's like, here's, here's what's funny though. From a young, from a young point, like a lot of dudes are just always real, like, you know, like, oh, they, they use the phrase like no homo and this and that. And you know, and those are the ones I like, like, I feel like you have some sort of like, uh, I don't know, you're closeted in some way because it's like, these are the same guys that are like dressing up to impress other guys or doing things to impress other guys. Um, you know, and, and to me, it's like well, the guys, the guys that, um, I think you could categorize as gay. Um, I think it comes down to two things. Number one, they're either sucking a dick or getting a dick in their ass, but that's not everything. Number two is they have to like it. Yeah. I've always said that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause you could get piped up, you know what I'm saying? And then it's like, yeah, but, but if you didn't like it, well, then, you know, Hey, you're not gay, buddy. You know, that's how it works. <laughs> get piped up. Yeah. I think is a medical term <laughs> or get down. I don't know, whatever you want. Up, down, whichever way works for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love I love the idea of like yeah I suck but I don't like it fucking <laughs> is neither good or bad but liking it makes it so <laughs> right yeah oh thank goodness for Willie B Shakespeare Willie uh, Shakes Willie Shakes um yeah so so evolution there you go there you go <laughs> Is that what started this whole diatribe? It's typical of our conversations that go all over the place. This is what happens when we don't prepare. Yeah. So, but and well, which is which is to say, this is what's going to happen every fucking week. (laughs) Um, So, um, so I I didn't ask you earlier. What's on your mind, chum? I I I don't really. I'm in my nothing box today. Um, Your nothing box. Oh, tell people what that is. So, like, the, the human, the, the like, men and women are wired differently. Like, their brains are, are wired differently. So, like, to, to, to give you an example of how a men's uh, mind works. So, like, we have compartments in our brains. And, you know, we have one for our family. We have one for, like, you know, hobbies. We have one for work. We have one for whatever. And we, and we do this thing where we, you know, we just dig in that one box for all the stuff that we need. And we put it back and none of the boxes touch. Right. Mm. And this isn't like my like definition or whatever. This is something that uh, I've heard like 
doctors and coaches and anything to talk about. So we also have a nothing box and it is a box that we can go to and just there's nothing's happening. So like when, when you ask your husband or your significant other ladies and he says, what are you thinking about? He says nothing. He's really thinking about nothing today. You know, after I cut off the work, I just dug in my nothing box and just like, you know, just nothing. <laughs> Sometimes I don't think about I just want to do that. Uh, like, you know, you're stressed out every fucking day. Like, oh, I got this bill to pay. I got this to pay. Sometimes you need to turn it off. And we have the ability yeah. to do that. Um, so, sometimes so that's you what the nothing box is. Think. Sometimes you sit and think. And sometimes you just sit. You just sit. That's yeah. it. You know, just stare that's blankly into some shit. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's why it's so easy for me to go to sleep sometimes. You know, mm. the funny thing about sleep is that like, here. so how do you go to sleep? If you if you were to describe sleep to someone, how do you go to sleep? But you just kind of lay down and pretend that you go to sleep and don't wait. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually you fall asleep. What what is the mechanics of going to sleep? Like, what you know what I'm saying? Like, Well, it, it all depends on the individual because we, we don't want to minimize uh, the uh, the people that struggle to. Sleep. Absolutely. Um, yeah. because there are, there are things like, for instance, with me, um, falling asleep is easy. Staying asleep is not right. Right. Um, that's a physical thing cause uh, I have sleep apnea. Um, so for me, there is a process for maximizing my comfort so that when I fall asleep, which I do at the drop of a hat, I can fall asleep very, very easily and very quickly when I go to sleep at night. Uh, but in order to ensure the optimal environment and conditions so that I stay asleep, I have to put in a little effort to do that, which I don't mind doing at all because I went for decades without uh, addressing my sleep apnea because I didn't know I had it. Right. Because, right? you know, when you met me, if you think about like I was putting in 14 to 16 hour days on a regular basis, mm -hmm. you know, just just grinding all the time. And, you know, I had that attitude, oh, I'll fucking sleep enough when I'm dead. Right. But the fact is, is that if you don't sleep enough, you are hastening the arrival of your death. Yeah. Um, you, you will literally take years off your life if you cheat yourself from sleep. Um, and if you look about, uh, if you look at statistics regarding uh, workplace accidents, they are directly connected to fatigue. Yeah. Um, if you look at the number one day when there are the most car accidents, it is the day after the clocks jump ahead an hour and people lose an hour of sleep. Yeah. All right. So sleep is important, and some people have an easier time of it than others. Um, I, I, my second ex-wife can drink a shot of espresso and five minutes later be out like a fucking corpse. Yeah, same. I, I, I totally have adrenal fatigue. I don't know what's wrong with me. But um, <laughs> well, you pro well, tell me what you mean by that. Like, uh, like uh, my, my, my adrenal glands, like nothing just seems to be respond responsive to anything. I'm not responsive to caffeine. I'm not responsive to like, you know, uh, I took LSD once and nothing. Well, that has nothing to do with adrenal fatigue, but. No, that's true. So but like, there's been a lot of things I'm just saying, but, um, uh, 
caffeine. So stimulants don't do it, but but that's that's part of the adrenal fatigue thing. But how is your sleep? Yeah, some days better than others. I mean, so like. There's some oh, times. Well, uh, let me ask a better question. Are you constantly exhausted? Yes. Okay. So you might have adrenal fatigue. Yeah. Um, and are you are you big on stimulants like uh, sports drinks, caffeine, all that stuff? Just just coffee, but yeah. Just coffee. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, yeah, I mean, getting off of caffeine is rough. Mm. I I knew a guy who quit heroin, cold turkey. Mm. Um, I met him in Narcotics Anonymous. And he, years later, uh, had a, a coffee habit of two to three pots of coffee a day. Holy shit. Okay? That's some, that's some serious. Yeah. And he said that when he quit coffee... It was more difficult than quitting heroin. All right. So, yeah, yeah you know, stimulants can fuck with your adrenal glands. Adrenal fatigue is controversial, but I think the evidence is kind of there okay. to suggest that it's a real thing. So if you want to address it, it's it's it starts with. Uh, good sleep habits. Like here's here's a quick rundown on how to develop good sleep habits. Go to sleep and wake up the same times every day. Mm. So here's where people f up. Is that Monday through Friday, let's say just to pick an arbitrary time, they wake up at 6 a.m. And then at night they'll go to sleep at let's say 10 or 11 p.m. If you're, if you're not getting at least seven hours of sleep, that's already the first problem yeah so that's that's the benchmark start with seven hours of sleep if you're not getting at least that every night and eight to nine is even better right okay but seven absolute minimum i like to get no less than seven and a half because then that's that's uh five sleep cycles of an hour and a half each mm -hmm. and that's how i kind of measure you know optimal sleep so if you're if you're doing that, here's where people fuck up: is on the weekends they throw their sleep cycles completely off. Like they'll be like, "Okay, Saturday morning I'm gonna quote unquote sleep in, mm -hmm. and I'm not gonna wake up until like ten or eleven at night uh, right. in the morning. Ten or eleven in the morning when they normally wake up at six. So now what happens? Well, since the circadian rhythms usually keep us up for sixteen hours, well. Now you're not tired Saturday night going into Sunday. Right. So you wake up Sunday very late again. And guess what? You, you, you're you not you going to get enough sleep between Sunday and Monday. And then it starts all the fuck over again. Most people don't even start to feel normal uh, until like Thursday. And then they, they they trash themselves all over again every week. So that that's that's a great simple... A thumbnail sketch for how to address good sleep habits is go to sleep the same time every night, wake up the same time every morning, seven days a week. Yoda has spoken. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I'm simply regurgitating the, the articles that I've read. Um, and I listened to a sleep uh, expert on Joe Rogan's podcast. Hashtag Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> 
Joe! What's up, Joe? Um, I'm going to tell you something about... So here's, here's something that happens with me with sleep. And so I also have sleep apnea. And so I wear the CPAP at night. And I so don't so, believe you. I don't care. But what's important here is that I have this mask, right? And if you, I mean, if you're not familiar with what a CPAP mask is, you're basically like, you know, like if you have oxygen and it has a hose and it goes to this machine that basically pumps you full of air, and it's just there to make sure that if you stop breathing, like it's just forcing air into you, and you, you know, just whatever. Well, it's and not I, if you stop breathing. If you if you have sleep apnea, you are you are not you're, you're, breathing. Yeah, you, you you're, you're basically dying slowly every night <laughs> yeah i've actually i actually knew of I, I know of three people that have died of sleep apnea and uh, one of which was your cousin one of them was a cousin yeah and it's terrible it's um you know so i got that taken care of um and i used to think it was like because i was overweight and it, but that's not necessarily what that contributes to that it. contributes yes. to it but it's not necessarily the case and in, in certain cases i've seen guys who were pretty fit that have sleep apnea um so yeah, it's whatever. just biology the 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 construction of your throat and da, da, yeah da, you know so um so at any rate so then you know one of the things that happens to me is that um sometimes it's easy for most times it's easy for me to go to sleep but staying asleep is the issue so one mm-hmm. of these nights i had this mask on and i'm like oh my god i wake up and i'm like i can't go back to sleep i can't go back to sleep so i figured i'd rub one out <laughs> sorry i didn't see that uh coming yeah. no pun intended yeah hey. no i hear you hey so you know hey listen so i decided oh, fuck it, let me crank one out and and i and and here's the thing i'm just kind of tired anyway but i don't want to take my mask off so i <laughs> so i just start like you know so, crank- so you darth vadered the motherfucker so i darth vader this shit, but here's the thing so you're getting this rush of air and then when you finish you kind of like <sighs> you're like, oh, this is great. And so the all this forced air in you, and all of a sudden I'm hyperventilating, and I'm like, oh, well, this is a fucking... <laughs> so... So I just made this... Hyperventilating with a CPAP mask on has got to be one of the rings of hell. Yeah, it's it's it was crazy. Like, it's one of these things that it's like, well, they forgot to write that on the instruction manual, that they don't, don't master with a fucking CPAP on a full blast. This is not going to end well. So, a word of caution, if, oh, you, if you're thinking about doing that, like, you know, release the mask, because it's, uh, it, it f***ed me up, and then what ends up happening, I had to take the fucking CPAP mask off, and, you know, like, just figure life out for, like, the next yeah. few hours, because I couldn't get back to bed. Now, I'm like, I'm panicking, my heart's racing, this is f***ing yeah. crazy, I don't, you know, so... So that is the worst case of user error that I've ever heard. Yeah, it was. Uh, I um, think it's right a notch below uh, using gorilla glue to wax your hair. That's it. Oh so. lord, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. More proof that the human race is f- doomed. Thank. Th- um, here's the thing: no matter how much you f- up, you can always find somebody that f- up harder. And yeah. And, yeah. and it's it's unbelievable. Like it's like, oh yeah, man, I didn't even think of that. Um, but yeah, there goes. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, with re- so with regard to the uh, sleep apnea thing, when I got tested, it was kind of alarming because um, uh, I think it's uh, chronic sleep apnea starts at a score of 30. Yeah. And I'm presuming that the score is up to 100. The, the scale is up to 100. And so I had severe because my score was 69. 
And the doctor told me, and as a matter of fact, they weren't sure that the test results were correct because it was so severe. So I had to get tested twice. And they confirmed that, yes, in fact, the first test was accurate. Mm. And he said, if you hit 70, I would have taken forcibly your car keys. Because mm. <laughs> I would have been at risk of fucking just narcolepsy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Which, speaking of narcolepsy, can you tell the story of the priest who had narcolepsy oh, in the Bronx? Man. No, so I wasn't in the Bronx. So, so, uh, my former mother-in-law, um, she, she used to go to this, uh, church and it's in Washington Heights. Oh, okay. And they would have. So the real city. Got it. Yeah. The real city, the actual city, <laughs> uh, upwards. <laughs> so this good dude would walk in and he, he wasn't the, he wasn't the, uh, the, the, the normal uh, minister or reverend or whatever. I don't remember what the denomination brings, priest, I don't, whatever. But he was a guy who would occasionally come in. He was an older gentleman and he would have narcolepsy. And this dude would just fucking go on a sermon and just start, like, you know, just talking and just fall out, like, right on the fucking thing. And people, and then so the thing is that people would just know and expect it because, you know, it's whatever. And then they would just be like, wait. <laughs> Can I and tell so, you something? When you first told me this story, I had to get back tickets. in 2001. Yeah, I just I want I want people to understand that if I ever see a priest in the middle of a sermon pass out from narcolepsy, I will spontaneously combust. Yeah, no, it's it's got to be one of the funniest scenarios that I can imagine. And uh, like, I think that I could have filled up a stadium just to pe watch people like see that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Do you remember like, how I was when you told me this fucking story? You were apoplectic. It was <laughs> crazy. I, was, I, could, <laughs> I couldn't believe. I was screaming yeah. laughing. Yeah. Because it's just a funny scenario. Like, you know, it's like of all the things that you could uh, watch somebody. Like, I've always wanted to be at a like, wedding. Like, I've never heard anybody even mention this beside you. Yeah. No, it's I've never heard it either. I thought it was fascinating. I couldn't wait to go can see this um so and we never did no we never Damn did shame. Uh, unfortunately uh you know religion doesn't move me but um that that would have been that would have been the thing to watch Listen, if you're going to see a narcoleptic priest that's got nothing to do with religion yeah yeah no absolutely i just i'd have to i'd have to sit in the back because i'd holler I'd, yeah, oh, be i would be sitting as close to the front as possible i'd need to see it i need to take it all in yeah i just i just you yeah. know i mean does he fall down <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I never even considered asking like this, like, because he was at a yeah, podium. I have so and I just, many questions about this. They were at a podium, and you what know, happens like, if you poke them? <laughs> yeah, like, do they have somebody on the ready at the ready, like, in case right. he leans, you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. he just topples over or something, like, you know, is how does it that like work? the priest catching squad? Like, what, what goes on? That's what yeah, the I, I want to know. What goes on? You know, I mean, imagine a comedian that, that has narcolepsy. You know, and it's like, oh, that'll fuck your shit up. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, you're not going to have a long career if that happens to us. People will eventually get sick of that. But who knows? But maybe that would be like a gimmick that the world. Chuck Brent is giving career advice out. Listen, yeah. if you're going to be a comedian, make sure, and I can't stress this enough, <laughs> don't have narcolepsy. <laughs> 
but it could work for you. It could work in your favor. Who knows? That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I would pay money to see a narcoleptic comedian. Yeah. I would. I'm just that kind of fucked up. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, you know, funny's funny. You know, it's, you know. If I'm going to see a narcoleptic comedian, it ain't about the jokes. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but, that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, that's funny. That's funny in and of itself. I don't, you know, the jokes are just gravy. You know what I mean? Like, it's just give me the bonus material. I'll I take it. I don't care if the dude doesn't eke out one joke before he <laughs> passes out. I need to see this motherfucker yeah. pass out on stage in or the like middle a of a guy, sentence. Yeah, or like a guy doing karaoke all out like the, you know what I'm saying? And just fucking with a mullet on and just fucking narcolepty halfway into fucking, you know, silent lucidity. <laughs> oh man, that was a mashup of several stories. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, imagine that. I'm standing next to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite my favorite was when we used to go ca- doing karaoke out in Long Island, bro, and there was oh. a guy there was a guy named Lab Rat. Lab Rat. That dude my was hero. my hero hero he was just like one of these guys that just was like the most confident dude he would go up and belt the song and it would just be like wow let like me he give had... you i want to i want to put his confidence in context yeah if he were floating down a river on a raft and he came up to a drawbridge and he got an erection he would scream, raise the bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, he was brilliant. I loved, I loved, yeah. loved yeah. Lab Rat. Scrawny he, guy. And, and, and wait, but let's, let's I, I, I just want to tell this one part of the story of why Lab Rat was so special. Aside from his mullet, Aside from his complete devotion and commitment to a karaoke tune. And what I mean by that is, as Chancleta alluded to earlier, he would take off his shirt. Yeah. Like when he sang Rebel Yell by Billy yeah. Idol, this motherfucker took off his shirt and swung it over his fucking head. <laughs> and he had groupies. And he had groupies. Of course, he had groupies. Yeah, motherfucker like that can't not have groupies. <laughs> I, I, I was in awe of this dude. He's, and I'm not but, even bullshitting. This is not me, but, like, like on, like being, you know, funny on the slide. I love this dude. Yeah, but but let's get to what made him special, mm-hmm. and why songs like Desperado and Silent Lucidity became a different thing when Lab Rat had at it. Mm-hmm. He had the worst bilateral lisp I have ever heard in my whole fucking life. Yeah. So so when he sang Desperado, Desperado, <laughs> it's the first word of the fucking song. So hold on, because here's the great part. Here's the great part. Yoda and I were like talking, whatever, you know, over the music and everything. All of a sudden, the announcer comes on. It's like, and here's Lab Rat coming up to the stage with uh, silent lucidity. And whatever the f we were talking about, it he just looked at me and he just said, oh, sh-. there's a lot of S's in this song. Hold yeah, on. yeah, yeah. 
And I and and oh. it was just hilarity. I okay, cause the confidence that you like it's almost like he was like like he just he wasn't trying to hide that bilateral lips. He was owning no. that shit, You know what I mean? And he it was, was just like it. he was he did not hesitate. When again, when it got to the chorus and that last line I'm standing next to you and silently singing it. Yeah, I fucking lost it. It was great. Dude, dude, I'm not making... You were there. Yeah. You saw me hit the fucking floor. (laughs) (laughs) It was magnificent. I fell off my fucking chair. And then we went for Krispy Kreme donuts. (laughs) Yeah. And that was a whole ordeal, too. You know, like, if you ever gone to a Krispy Kreme donut place where they're actually making the fun. <laughs> oh, f- So we go to this Krispy Kreme donuts place, and it's, like, the where they actually make the donuts. And then you could actually order your donuts and whatever. And this is the first time I'm experiencing this. And so I'm having this amazing donut, which I'm like, okay, so it doesn't seem like Dunkin' Donuts is really in the same business. This is a whole different all. level of fucking deliciousness. So I'm in, so I'm in this place, and then like you can order, and then you go sit down, and you know there's it's there's depth in the store because it's like a little mini factory where there is this like machine that starts cranking out donuts, right? And so if you've never seen it, it's basically like, you know, just this machine. It's a little elevator. It starts, like, aerating the dough, whatever, and then it just flips them into a fryer, and they come out in, like, you know, sections of six each or whatever. And then they flip them again. And then it flips it. And then it flips it, and then uh, it goes into a conveyor belt. It gets frosting, you know, kind of like a car wash. Let me tell the rest of the story because I I observed this. I observed Chancleta in all his glory experience the making of a Krispy Kreme donut. Yes. If you've if you've never seen a retarded kid play with a cat (laughs) 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 That's what the fuck I'm talking about. I have never seen a human being riveted to to anything forget about the making of donuts yeah nothing the space launch nothing has riveted a human being more than watching Krispy Kreme donuts riveted Chancleta like he was like fucking like the scene in 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 Midnight Express when the chick pressed herself up to the glass (laughs) this motherfucker was pressed up to the fucking glass looking at the donuts but that wasn't the best part and that was good the best part was when one of the donuts didn't flip you would have thought that Michael Jackson was dangling his baby off a ledge (laughs) to say the the least Chancleta was f***ing concerned (laughs) He was looking up front to see if he could get someone's attention to be like, oh, uh, 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 it didn't, you know, and of course the guy spotted it and just threw it out because he sees that all the time. But holy shit, was that fucking funny. I was like, so here's the thing. So in my head, it was like, oh, so here's me, 
you know, having this amazing donut experience. And I was like, I don't want you guys shut down because you just sold it a half uncooked donut <laughs> and somebody gets f***ed up. Like, you're, you're like, it's so much purely selfish. You were, it just, was selfish. you were just protecting your source of deliciousness. Yeah. Imagine like, you know, somebody gets hurt too. Like, it's like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't oh. want to see anybody get like food poisoning because you have like eaten raw dough. That's, that's like if I get a box of raw, it's like, and I, I'm thinking how often is this? can happen are they catching every single one there you know is there a possibility that i can catch a fucking I'm, I'm telling donut? You folks i'm not making it up he was completely transfixed by this whole uh, experience I, I chased and i and and all i can say is I, I i thank uh the universe that i was there to see this because it was quite stunning <laughs> i chased the donut from from the from the <laughs> beginning of the assembly line bro to the end and until i flagged this dude down like yo that one didn't flip oh you know i mean you it know it was beautiful it was beautiful i was oh thanks for the memories my friend <laughs> oh 20 a, years let yeah, me tell you lots and, of stories uh, and it's always like this oh we got we got a million of these stories and eventually we'll get to telling them uh for now we're gonna wrap everything up this has been so much fun. I'm actually, I'm actually a little overheated from laughing so fucking hard. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, but this... again, this has been another installment of the persistent rumor. I have been Chocolate Yoda. My lovely uh, assistant has been Chancleta. And together we've been spectacular. You've been all right, but we've been fantastic. <laughs> Hit the like. Or something. Hit the like. Yeah. Subscribe. You can find us on YouTube at The Persistent Rumor. You can find us on Patreon. Hey, for the price of a cup of coffee, you can have this uncensored content. Um, if you're watching it for free, that means that uh, all of the fun words have been bleeped out. You know, come on. For a price of a cup of coffee, a cup of you can hear me say. F f <laughs> 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 All right, that's it, everybody. Peace, loving granola. We'll talk to you soon. Share it. Remember that CPAP, baby. Take it off before you work it off. <laughs> Hi folks, this is Chocolate Yoda. If you like this episode, but want to hear the uncensored version, head over to patreon.com slash the persistent rumor. Again, patreon.com slash the persistent rumor. Thank you.